the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Bruce Hooley Show podcast is brought to you by HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. Creating jobs and restoring dignity one cup at a time. Good coffee doing good. Learn more at HemisphereCoffeeRoasters.com. One hour down, one hour left to go on a Bruce Hooley Show Monday. Glad to have you along, May 23rd. Catch the podcast at TheAnswerDayton.com. Also at 989TheAnswer.com. Love to have you send me an email. Bruce, it's Bruce at SalemMedia.com. Bruce at SalemMedia.com. We changed so much around when we added our uh, outstanding listeners in Montgomery County in Western Ohio that I had to remember a new email address. And the old one is stuck back there in the uh, hard drive somewhere. Occasionally threatens to get out, but I'm trying to keep the lid locked on that. So it's Bruce at SalemMedia.com, Bruce at SalemMedia.com. You can always watch the show on our Facebook page. Uh, the Bruce Hooley Show is on Facebook, and i love to interact with you. Leave a comment on Facebook as well. Uh, we uh, told you at the top of the show about a two-year-old uh, struck by a car this morning in Hilliard, uh, that young toddler taken to Nationwide Children's Hospital, hopefully recovering. Issues were serious, but uh, cannot say they're not life-threatening because when you get hit by a car and you're two years old, that's pretty serious. But the driver had not been found as of now, so we'll keep you abreast of that story as details become available. They're doing something that I hope has an impact today in the Columbus community of Linden. Uh, they are walking to bring attention to the fact that Linden is one of the very, very violent portions of our city where the murder rate in Columbus is escalating, has escalated out of control the past two years. Record murder totals in 2020, record murder totals in 2021. Murder pace is down this year, but the cold weather is probably over now. We're going to have warm, hot summer weather, and that is when people are outside. The hours of daylight are longer, and more murders tend to happen. Rainy weekend probably helped keep the numbers down this weekend. But they are walking in Linden today. They're meeting at the corner of a Cleveland and 11th Avenues, trying to get the community involved. Uh, these kinds of things I think are helpful. I just uh, don't know how effective they are. I think it's always helpful for people to show public courage and to draw out boldness from others being willing to walk, being willing to take on the gangs and the kids who don't really at all realize the severity of their actions and the horrendous paths they're on. This kind of thing can't hurt that. Uh, But hopefully they are safe as they do it, and hopefully it will have some impact. It will not have as much impact, I don't think, as would have, as would there be impact, should the mayor of Columbus and the city council of Columbus stop doing virtually everything that it can overtly and covertly to crush the confidence of the officers who are on the street trying to keep the peace. There's a police oversight board that's comprised of civilians. They have no knowledge of police matters, no knowledge at all of the challenges of being a policeman. 
and they sit in judgment of the police in Columbus. Uh, This policy of Andrew Ginther's is, I'm sure, similar to policies of Nan Whaley, the uh, gubernatorial candidate who was the mayor of Dayton. City police have one of the hardest jobs out there. And until city leadership, whatever city it is, Toledo, Akron, Canton, Columbus, Dayton, doesn't matter, whatever city it is, until the men and women officers on the street know that the people who are the elected leaders of the city will reasonably apply standards of conduct to police matters and factor them into the challenges of the moment and the fact that you're reacting in the moment and that there are emotions and also that they never, ever, ever factor in. The amount of bad decisions, the litany of bad decisions that a criminal has to make to be in a situation with with a police officer that explodes out of control. How many times have they defied orders? How many times have they resisted arrest? How many times have they not complied with an order? Every time you do this as a citizen, when an officer asks you to do something, you are escalating the confrontation. And it's never going to escalate to a, but what's the best thing that can happen? You can run, get away. You can overpower the officer. Is that going to end well for you down the road? No. So hopefully our police uh, will get the support that they need from their city administrators. Haven't seen it, certainly in Columbus. I'm not as intimately familiar with things in Dayton, but you would certainly hope that we would put muscle behind the phrase, oh, we love our first responders. We love our first responders. Well, really, do you? Well, if you love your spouse the way you love your first responders, questioning the motives of everything they do, my guess is your spouse wouldn't be around very long. And that's why you see rampant retirements in our police departments all throughout the state of Ohio. We face an officer shortage virtually everywhere. Because, when you, funny thing, when you don't support people in their job, they look for work elsewhere. Now, Joe Biden is in, <laughs> he's, I don't know, I don't know exactly where he is today, but he's in trouble because he keeps saying dumb things and he never seems to stop saying dumb things. And the latest dumb thing that he said is that the U.S. is committed to becoming militarily involved if China makes a move on Taiwan. Now, that's fine to have that position. Some things you don't have to advertise. Because this boxes the United States of America into and raises questions about what our commitment to Taiwan is. Does that mean we're going to send troops to Taiwan? Does that mean we're going to send military aid to Taiwan? Does that mean we're in a hot war with China? Should they decide to invade Taiwan? Which I obviously can't believe they haven't done already, given our feckless response in Afghanistan and how we've, like, One day, Ben, kind of supportive of Ukraine. And the next, no, we're not going to send planes. And then, well, we'll send $40 billion. And we wouldn't say we want Russia to get defeated. But now we're kind of a little bit maybe more familiar with saying we want Russia to lose that conflict. We don't have a coherent Ukraine policy. And now we have Biden over there answering a question on a tarmac that is almost immediately walked back by the people in Washington, D.C. The statement out of Washington is, oh, what uh, the president said today uh, does not reflect a change in our policy. 
that he simply reiterated our one China policy and our commitment to peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. Blah, 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 blah. Shockingly, we are committed to peace and stability across the Taiwan Strait. Yes, we all know that. But what are we prepared to do if, in fact, Xi Jinping makes a move on Taiwan? China's already weighed in on what Biden said. They don't approve of it, don't like it. Didn't expect they would, of course. But this is not the first time Biden has said this either. He said it at a CNN town hall a while back. And one time, that time just like this time, the White House had to instantly come out and say, no, no, his policy, we, you know, don't take it this way. We're behind Taiwan and we'll defend the sovereignty of Taiwan. No, we're not going to tell you what defend means. So he goes overseas to get away from a litany of terrible things happening here. And the man cannot go anywhere, say anything without making whatever he says about whatever thing he says it about worse. He just can't. He does not have the ability to speak on his feet and to understand the projection of his comments. He spent like his whole political life after about his first decade and a half in Congress as a senator. He spent basically the whole rest of his political life striving to be the president of the United States. He wanted to be president of the United States so bad that he stole speeches from English politicians to prop up his own meager oratory skills. He was caught in those lies back, or he was caught in that plagiarism back at the time when plagiarism actually disqualified you from serving for office. So he ran again, and he botched that. And then finally, the stars aligned, and Joe Biden became electable, not because he was Joe Biden, but because he was not Bernie Sanders and he was not Donald Trump. And he became the president. And as often happens, when we luck into something that we don't deserve, we overplay our hand. We overestimate our own abilities. We magnify our credentials. And so Joe Biden decided that it was not going to be enough for him, oh, no, 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 to just be a caretaker president. Just let the economy boom back on its own. It's poised to do that, you know, coming out of COVID. Just keep us energy independent. Just keep that remain in Mexico policy in place. No, 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 no. No, Joe Biden, if he was going to become president, he had to undo everything that Donald Trump did because, I mean, after all, If you got elected because you weren't Donald Trump, then maybe your policies should not be Donald Trump's policies. Except that Joe Biden does not have a grasp for the obvious. And when everything he undid started to unravel his approval number, he continued to double down on his stupid policies. That's why we have gas approaching $5 a gallon. And that's why we have Hundreds of thousands of illegal immigrants coming across the border. Now bringing monkeypox with them, by the way. And he's never learned his lesson to shut up on the tarmac and not speak extemporaneously. Because then the White House has to walk back, whatever he says. Yes, ESPN subscriber base, which once numbered 100 million people 
a decade ago, uh, is now down to 75 million subscribers. Did you know that if you have ESPN on your cable package, you are paying ESPN $10 a month for that? It's the highest priced cable network. Now, you get ESPN, you get ESPN2, ESPN+, Plus, SEC Network. You get all those networks. And you get a lot of sports, a lot of live sports. And the money you're paying for ESPN is then taken by ESPN and paid to those sports leagues for the games to be on ESPN. But the whole thing's a house of cards if people stop subscribing to ESPN because they're on the hook for those exorbitant rights fees and they counted on the golden goose never leaving the nest. In other words, you never leaving as a customer. But, aha, people have left. As I said, their subscriber base is down from 100 million 10 years ago to 75 million. So what does that mean in terms of revenue? Well, uh, back in the glory years of ESPN, they were bringing in about $12 billion a year in revenue. But because their subscriber base has declined so quickly, it's now down to about $9 billion. Now, the estimates are that instead of people saying, oh, man, I've been without ESPN for a month and I just can't live without it. Like, I have to watch NBA Countdown and have them tell me how racist I am. Or I need to watch Sports Center and have them not tell me anything about Leah Thomas winning an NCAA championship in swimming because it reflects poorly on the fairness aspect of sports with an actual biological dude swimming against girls. Now, you know when you're being lied to. You know when you're being manipulated. You know when you're being condescended to. And ESPN is alternately embraced. And then, whoops, it's hurting our business model. We better stop talking politics. And then, you know, this really offends me more than whatever I couldn't talk about before offended me. So now I'm going to talk about this. Or they get rogue hosts who deem themselves untouchable. I got so many people who watch this because of me that they'll never fire me, so I'm just going to talk about it even though it's against company policy. I'm going to tweet it even though it's against company policy. Well, the chances are good that, what do they always say? The best indicator of what's going to happen is what has already happened. 25 million people have left ESPN and haven't come flocking back because they couldn't live without it. What's more likely? That their numbers are going to grow? or that their numbers are going to continue to decline. Well, it's much more likely that their numbers are going to continue to decline. And so if they go down to $50 million, or $50 billion, uh, excuse me, 50 million subscribers, and their revenue goes down to, say, $6 billion, $6 billion a year, well, how are they going to pay those long-term contracts that they are on the hook for to the NFL and to the NBA and to MLB and the Big Ten and the SEC and all these other networks? It will be interesting to watch. Now, what they have done so far to cut costs is they've fired people or they have uh, not renewed people who become staples on their network. I mean, how many people can you count who used to be prominent ESPN hosts who've either left because Fox outbid ESPN for that host or because ESPN just got to the point where like, man, we're paying this guy like $200,000 to cover the NFL. We just can't do it anymore. Just can't do it anymore. 
And I've had some friends who were let go by ESPN. I had a chance to work for them years and years and years ago. And I didn't I didn't not do it because of political wokeness. Back then, political wokeness wasn't really a factor. But relocating to Connecticut was a factor for me, which I didn't want to do. We just bought our house, and it just wouldn't have worked for us. But that's an instance where a decision I didn't make, an opportunity I didn't take, has borne out very well for me because, man, if I mean, have you listened to this show? You know what my politics are. You know what my investment in my faith is and incorporating my faith in all aspects of culture and how we raise our kids, how we school our kids, and that. You think that would have? Do you think I would be a surviving member of uh, in good standing of the ESPN employment roles? Not a chance. Not a chance. And I know a lot of you face this same dilemma at your businesses where you're having to sit through LGBTQ plus friendly seminars and you're having to uh, incorporate the pride flag next month on your company emails. And let me just say, I would never pretend to make that decision for you because that is a decision you should make first through prayer also at the same time through discussions with your spouse. You should weigh it heavily. You should wait until you have a piece, a clear direction about where you're going. But I, I, I do not envy you having that dilemma to tackle in your chosen profession that provides a livelihood for your family. Because I get it. There is a cost to being bold. And I would never purport to know what's right for you or to criticize you if you've chosen to keep your head down and just do your thing and try to stay invisible and stuff like that. I think that that's a completely, it's a, it's a decision that is completely left to you and God and to the people who depend on you. But I do believe this, so I will say this. If you don't have a piece about how you're doing what you're doing now, and we are all what? Saved by what? Faith, right? We're all saved by faith. And so I do think you can, if you think it through clearly, if you pray it through clearly, if you confer with your spouse and you have their blessing, I do know that God is faithful and that you can trust. Now, our determination of faith is, (laughs) Oh, you know what? I think I'll not sit through that seminar. And sure, it might cost me my job, but I'm going to have faith that God will bring me another job and it'll pay the exact same amount or maybe more. Well, that's how we order things. That's not how he orders things. A lot of times, his answer is not our answer. So again, that's why I don't get into, you should quit your job. You should say this. You should do that. I'm not going to do that to you. My intention here is to frame cultural conversations through a biblical prism, a truth prism, and then what the Holy Spirit lays on your heart about what you should do, that's between you and Him and those that you depend on. But I do know God is faithful. He may not just not be faithful in the way you want Him to be. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.